the student director here at Christ Center. Thank you for being here on Adopt Youth Sunday. It is my favorite. And I thought a good way to start it off is starting off with a Q&A with our kids because we're focusing on the next generation. So Corbin, what does UG mean to you? It's really a family that I can come to full of teenagers that have the same questions as me and are going through the same experience as me asking uh, about our faith and what our purpose is here on earth. Awesome, thank you. Aiden, how would you summarize UG? I'd just say it's a great family and community where we can all get together and have fun and uh, spend time with God and worship Him. Awesome, thank you. Ben, can you share a favorite memory from UG? So far, my favorite memory right now was at the old, old church, we shut off all the lights and we played laser tag and we'd stumble around blindly until we found each other. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. <laughs> Lily, can you share a testimony? Um, so this past year, I started high school and the transition from middle school to high school isn't exactly easy for me because I felt myself losing a lot of my friends to other friend groups. Um, but I got invited to youth group one night and I came here and I felt so appreciated and I just felt that it was a family that I was loved. All right, thank you. Can we give it up for them, you guys? Thank you, guys. Okay, so I want to give you guys the big punchline right away from my message today. Are you ready? Here it is. The single biggest key ingredient for leaving an internal impact on the youth today for Jesus is keep digging. That's right, keep digging. There's this movie called The 33. And it's a true story about these guys who get trapped underground in a mining accident for over 60 days. And it's this mind-blowing true story about the fight to rescue those guys with extraordinary love. Because only extraordinary love could save them because most thought it was impossible. And it's this parallel that I want to talk about that I think is pretty clear. Right? People trapped in darkness, no food, no light, no chance of survival. That is so people and youth spiritually that we know in our lives today. They're trapped in spiritual darkness, and the worst part is that they don't even know. See, the 33 guys down below never would have had a chance to be saved if it weren't for the few who said, I'm not going home, I'm not giving up. Because see, they staged that rescue that took over 60 days, and during most of the time, people kept saying, it's not worth the risk. Give up. What are you doing? They're goners. But those people chose to make a difference and to not let them die. That is extraordinary love. And there can be many things I hope you guys can say about our youth group here at Christ Center. Whether you're new or you've been coming here for years, you know that we have great volunteers or a great program, but I honestly wholeheartedly hope you can say that we show our students extraordinary real love. So I'm actually going to show you guys some movie clips from the movie The 33. Um, it's a great movie, and I just want to make a shout out to Tim for making these videos. Thank you, Tim. Um, and I'm going to show you a couple more throughout my message. So here's the first one. Hit it, Amber. Aren't those 33 buried alive a perfect image of some of the youth and even people we know today? Not just physically, but spiritually. And you see, as Christians, we're not trapped by that darkness anymore. We're not trapped by those chains. But here's the reality. It takes guts to stage a spiritual rescue. It's nothing fancy, though. It's not like you have to have all the right words. It's just you authentically, when you mess up, having the guts to apologize because nobody's perfect. It's you going out of your way for somebody, especially when they tell you you're not worth it, or they're not worth it. But see, these people staged a rescue that took over 60 days, the seemingly impossible. Does it take guts for that type of rescue? Does it take guts to make an impact on somebody's life for Jesus Christ? You know, that's why, honestly, I don't think 
half-hearted people are going to be much interested in my message today. I think they'll think the movie clips are cool, but that's not why I'm here. I'm here to talk about digging for the youth. And there's this Billy Graham quote that I love. It says, when one man stands in courage, it stiffens the spine of everyone around them. And when I think of loving the youth and making an impact on their life, I think of this certain passage in the Bible. It's number 16, verses 40 through 46. So here's what's happening. Let me give you a little backstory. It's back in the Old Testament before Jesus. And Moses is leading the people of Israel. And the people of Israel are moaning and groaning and complaining towards God. So God sends a plague on them. Again, this was before Jesus, but stick with me. 14,700 people were killed during this plague. So Moses looked to his sidekick Aaron and said, dude, we got to get off our bums and we got to do something and we got to make a change and we got to do it now. So let me read the passage. The next day, the whole Israelite community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. You have killed the Lord's people, they said. But when they assemble, the assembly gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron and turned toward the tent of meeting, suddenly the cloud covered it and the glory of the Lord appeared. Then Moses and Aaron went to the front of the tent meeting. And the Lord said to Moses, get away from those assemblies so I can put an end to them at once. And they fell face down. Then Moses said to Aaron, take your censer and put your incense in it along with burning coals from the altar. And hurry to the assembly to make anointment for them. Wrath has come out from the Lord, the plague has started. So Aaron did as Moses said and ran into the midst of the assembly. The plague had started among the people, but Aaron offered the incense and made anointment for them. He stood between the living and the dead, the, and the plague stopped. Again, you guys, Moses said to Aaron, take your censer and put incense in it. He's saying, do something quickly, not slowly, but quickly, along with the burning coals from the altar, and hurry to the assembly, make anointment for them. Wrath has come from the Lord, the plague has started. So Aaron left the altar, took the fire, ran into the crowd of people where he stood, death stopped. Where he stood, death stopped. He was saying, God, please forgive them. He was saving them unselfishly. You know, when was the last time we cared about somebody enough that we ran towards them and, you know, not just physically but emotionally? You know, but running is hard. It takes effort. It takes work. It takes energy. When was the last time we went out of our comfort zone to make a difference in somebody's life? Because, listen, we can talk about God all that we want, all the time. I could talk about his love for days. But are we willing to live it out? That's the kind of change you and I can be. Listen, everybody, let's leave it all in the field. We can make a huge difference if we decide to make it that way. Because, again, Aaron ran into this plague that was killing people towards people. He ran. He did not walk. He ran. He chose to get off his bum and make a difference. That is extraordinary love. And you guys don't have to work at a church to help somebody spiritually. You don't have to be someone important. You don't have to be famous. You don't have to be rich. Because eventually that will all fade. Even if you're Henry Cavill, a.k.a. Superman. Like for me, it's not when I'm on stage giving a message that I feel the most impactful for the burden. It's in the relationships that I have with people. It's the one-on-ones. It's when I put my own needs aside and I make time for others. Or even when I make time when I'm not in the mood. Again, you don't have to have fancy words to help reach the spiritually lost. It's not glamorous. It just takes caring. That's it. But caring takes guts. Because sharing the love of Jesus Christ is that important. So I'm going to show you guys another clip. And this one has my favorite character in it. Her name's Maria. So just be on the lookout for her. You should be able to identify her pretty easily. So Amber, hit it. Maria's line. 
I'm not leaving here without him. You know, when was the last time we cared about somebody like Maria? She said, they're making this hard on me, they're making this tough, but I'm not leaving here till I make a difference. Just like Aaron did with the fire, that's what Maria was doing. And sometimes we go to church, and I'm guilty of this too, but we hear something great and we believe we are what we hear, but we're not. We have to actually act and do something. And when we take action, we need to know that when we dig for the lost, our spiritual drill bits will break often. Because what you're doing is you give and you give and you give and you almost never receive. Just like in the movie, their drill bits broke often digging for those lost. But listen, if you're fragile and you want everyone to like you and to appreciate every little thing that you've done for them, then you're out of the game before it started for reaching the spiritually lost. Again, your drill bit spiritually and your heart might break often, but we have to keep digging, especially for the youth, even if we're not appreciated. Can I get an amen from the parents? Because <laughs> appreciated or not, we got to suck it up and we got to keep digging because they need us. Because who else is going to get them out, especially in this community? Small acts of kindness build a bridge from us to the lost, from our heart to theirs. You know, doing the little things like listening to them, saying hi to them at church, or inviting a student to youth group. I know not all of you have kids, but I know you all care about somebody that's a student and could invite them. Take an interest. Alyssa Pheasant is one of our volunteers here at our youth group. She also sings on worship team. And at youth group, she took an interest in a, in a young boy last year. And he was on the fence about himself and about God. And she noticed that he was musically talented. And she went out of her way to go buy him a bass guitar. I didn't ask her to do that. She has another job and volunteers here. She's busy. She went out of her way to find this kid a bass guitar, brought it back to youth group. And the next thing we know, he's rocking out for Jesus. And not only that, he was one of our best leaders on core team, most influential. Alyssa built that bridge from her to that student so that Jesus could walk over and say that you are worthy, you are known, and you are loved. And there's a story about a young exchange student who came to America. She was not a Christian, she was a Buddhist, and she lived with this Christian family. And they would pray for her to go to church, and almost the entire time she wouldn't go. But they had a student named Megan, the host family's daughter, or their daughter, not student, but she was nice to the exchange student. She would let her borrow clothes invite her to fun things, pay for things. And then right before the exchange student had to go home, she went to church and she gave her heart to God. And the pastor came up to her and said, you know, what was it that I said that led you to the Lord? And she said, not to offend you, pastor, but it was nothing you said. It was because Megan was nice to me. Megan built that bridge from her to the exchange student like Alyssa did from her to one of our students. And again, you guys, you don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to have a lot of money. You don't have to be cool. It just takes the little things. Just keep digging. As a church, we have to prioritize the next generation. And no one can determine your priorities except for you. And we want to challenge you to choose to prioritize investing and reaching for the next generation to make a difference in students' lives. And here's how you can do that today. One, you can pray. Up here on this line in front of me, kind of looks like a clothesline. Um, there are envelopes full of students. And when Steve comes up to dismiss, 
you can come grab one. And inside is the student's photo, and you pray for them all year. And I made it easy for you. I even wrote out prayers that you can pray for them. And if you want to do those small acts of kindness, on the back is their favorite candy or their favorite coffee stand. And you can bring me those things, and I can make sure they get it. And, man, does that make them smile. Right, guys? Amen? They're like, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Doesn't it make you feel loved and appreciated? Yes. Number two, give. I encourage you to give at church because, you know, it helps us reach the community, which helps us reach more of the youth. And number three, volunteer. We have a program every Sunday night at 6 p.m., and I can get you signed up and just show up because just showing up makes them so feel so believed in and invest in them. But let's run, not walk. Let's run like Aaron did because walking is easy, but running takes effort. When you try to impact someone's life, it's not glamorous. It's not always the warm and fuzzies. Most of the kids I try to reach out to are really hard to love. But those are the ones that Jesus wants us to love and keep digging for the most. It can feel impossible sometimes, like the rock between the 33. Loving students is like putting your heart out there for them. It's like putting your heart out on a stick for them. But you see, loving people who love you is easy. But that's not how it is with students. It's about just giving. It's about putting your heart out there so much so that sometimes it gets knocked down and bruised. It's about loving them so much consistently by the end of it, your heart will hurt. My heart got knocked down plenty. It involves deep risk to our hearts, the risk of being betrayed, let down, taken advantage of, misunderstood, and brokenhearted. But when your heart gets knocked down, I encourage you to go home and you pick it up and you dust it off and you extend it again. Because those youth and even people that you do that for, to love like that, even though it will break your heart, heaven is applauding you. Not just when it happens every five times, but every single time. Heaven is applauding you. After all, the greatest youth leader in history did ministry that way. And one of his closest kids betrayed him for a piece of silver. And, I, and that's Jesus. And I guess that means that living legacy can be pretty costly even for the Messiah. Do you think Jesus felt like being crucified? Do you think that the mocking didn't bruise his heart? It wasn't about how we treated Jesus. It was about him taking an extraordinary difference, making an extraordinary difference in our lives. Jesus kept digging on that cross even though we sinned again and again. So I have one more movie clip for you guys. Friends, my challenge to you is clear. Keep digging for the youth, especially here in our valley. Unless we choose to dig for them, to not give up on them, their future looks painfully dark. How many drill bits have we broken in the spiritual world not realizing how important this is? How many minds have we walked past not thinking that it was worth our costly risk? But this very hour can be the point of change for you. How? Just by having enough guts, by saying to the spiritually trapped or your friends or your family, I'm not leaving here without you. Build that bridge from you to them so that Jesus can walk over 
all because you said, I am not leaving here without you. I want today to be a day that you don't forget, so my students have actually helped make you guys make your own tokens, hearts on sticks, and they're gonna start handing them out right now to you guys while we finish the song, but I just wanna finish with this. Let today be the day that you decide to keep digging.